Hey guys, on the podcast today, we have Donald and Zanna Thompson. They are a husband and wife real estate team, a real power couple. These two are some of the nicest, but driven and principled people we know. Elizabeth and I really do admire Donald and Zanna, and we look at them as a great model for a successful husband and wife team. They are focused on their business, on their family, their community, and their faith. We had a great time listening to their story, the challenges they've had to overcome, and then even sharing some of the things we all had in common, like reading the book, The Love Language. You can find out more about Donald and Zanath at thedtteam.com. And while you're surfing the web, don't forget to send us a review and subscribe to our podcast. We really would love to hear from you in your review. Also, Elizabeth and I are going to be doing a listener Q&A coming up, so please send over your questions if you have some. Uh, for Elizabeth and me on Facebook using the hashtag AskESCPodcast or shoot us an email in the subject line, put AskESCPodcast and send that email to Elizabeth at EversonCooper.com. Okay, enough about that. Let's get to our guests today. Please enjoy our conversation with Donald and Zanath Thompson. the Everson Cooper podcast. We are entrepreneurs that are interested in what makes people successful. In this podcast, we sit down with a wide range of people with diverse perspectives and backgrounds. We dive into the obstacles that they've had to overcome, their successes, unique experiences, and everything in between. Our goal is to continuously learn from those around us and share their knowledge so that we can all find something that makes us better and makes those around us better. We hope you enjoy. Donald Thompson, Zanth Thompson, thanks for joining us on the podcast. Thanks for having us. Thank you for having us. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you guys for being here. Um, we have a lot to talk about. Uh, both of you have you know, diverse backgrounds. You weren't, you didn't start in real estate or at least, you know, professional lives uh, haven't always been in real estate. So we'll spend a little time unpacking that and put some context on stuff and the experiences that you have and the lessons that you guys have learned over, over time that shaped you, you know, where, where you are now, but you're... For for context sake, for a listener's sake, you're married. You're a husband and wife. You're 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 a, a duo. You're a team in real estate. Uh, of course, you have a family together as well. So uh, you guys not only are husband and wife and have a family, but you're working together. And that's kind of something that's been new, at least, and on the real estate side. And so I kind of want to start there. Um, where you guys currently are, what was the moment or the the process like of saying? All right, so so Donald, you've you've been in real estate for a number of years now. You have you know the Donald Thompson team, mm-hmm. uh, and then of course Zana. Um, I'm sure you know she was behind the scenes, mm-hmm. uh, always there supporting you. So sure. she kind of always probably knew what was going on. Sure. But now of course she, you know, you're a licensed. Both of you now are, are licensed realtors, and so what was that process like to say, okay, Zana, we're going to do this together. You're going to join the team. Talk about that. Right sure. Real quick. You know it was funny. We got married in uh, we got married in July, and I had gotten into real estate about three months prior to that. But from the first day, we knew we were going into real estate. We knew we were going to be a husband and wife team someday. Yep. But starting out in real estate, you know, it's it's all marbles into that boat. So we needed someone to have the full time job. So she mm-hmm. had the full time job, but we always had an eye for because she has such strengths that are that are very polished and, and better in areas that I'm not. For marketing, for example, and things mm-hmm. like that, she's very good and. It was one day, uh, I don't even know if you remember this, it was a weekend, we had gone out of town as a family, and it was a Sunday night, 
and the kids usually sleep in our room sometimes on a Sunday night. And uh, it was Monday morning. She had to go to work. It was a summer day. And I just remember the look on her face of, I, ju I just want to be here with my family. Mm -hmm. I don't want to go to this J-O-B that she didn't like anyway. And we've been talking about it, praying about it. It was on her heart a lot. And uh, she went to work that day. And when she came home, I said, honey, I don't, I don't ever want to see that look on your face again. I go, I think it's time. Uh, I think it's time to go ahead and tell your boss, start the schooling. And of course, hurry. Are you, are you sure? Really? Is this it? And we prayed about it more and uh, we made the decision that day, let's start the process. Yeah. You know, go to school. I think schooling took about a month or so. And uh, But, you know, and, and right about now was the one year mark that we've been in it. And awesome. uh, it's been a blessing big time. She's elevated the business, added things to it, and, and really uh, increased it very well. Very cool. So you talk, you know, Xanath is very, very good at the marketing side. Mm -hmm. How do you complement each other? What, you know, what are your strengths? What are her strengths? How do you guys kind of, you know, the yin and the yang, how do you work together? Yeah. You know, I'm a very detailed, thorough kind of guy. I'm a very communication guy, very relational guy mm -hmm. with my clients. And, you know, it was my business that I started. She really helps us strengthen those relationships. Okay. You know, her background was kind of a business development type person in the healthcare industry where, it was all about those relationships. And, you know, when you're a one-man team trying to do everything from admin to marketing to sales and negotiating, <laughs> there's only so much you can do. Sure. And so what she's really helped me do is look at our processes of the relationships are everything. And, you know, our business is 99% referral-based. And how do we better connect with people and, uh, and make sure we never take those relationships mm -hmm. for granted and, and really invest more into those relationships? Um, and that's where she's really helped us in some back-end things as well. Yeah. But when we say marketing, it's more relationships. Sure. We don't do our traditional marketing. We don't want to do the traditional marketing. We feel if we have our relationships, we'd better spend our time on those people, on those relationships, instead of spending time on other so-called -so traditional marketing means that, that don't really have an effect anyway. Sure, yeah, sure. Absolutely. Now, how do you balance, of course, <clears throat> trying to grow the business, grow the team, um, you know, have it be as, as, as good as it can be, but then also, you know, your parents. Yeah. You, know, you, have, you have children. Um, you, know, you got to get them off the school and they're sick. You, you, know, you got to put food in their mouth and you know, things like that. So w when does the work day stop? When does family time start or is, or does it talk a little bit about I'll that? Take that one. <laughs> <laughs> um, it does. I mean, I'm the mom so I do most of the things that have to deal with the kids. So yeah, it's getting them off in the morning. And then as soon as I get back, we have breakfast and we almost have like a mini coaching type session where what are we going to do for the day? What are the things that we need to tackle? What do you, Donald, need to do? What do I need to do to help you and support you as well? So we do that as we're having breakfast. It's kind of like there are times where um, I'll get back home and he's ready to go. And I'm like, can I just have like a regular husband and wife breakfast? And he goes, okay. So we kind of just shut the business off. And then we have husband and wife team where our time where we mm -hmm. talk about yeah. husband and wife things and the yeah. kids and what their goals are and what the, what are the different things that we need to do as a family to continue growing spiritually, financially, and planning things out. Yeah, yeah, that's incredible. I that's I think that I feel like that sounds very rare, you know. But it's so crucial to have those types of conversations and to do so every day is amazing. Well, and, and it's really a credit to her because if it was me, my mind would be business 100% of the time. As a guy, especially when it started, you know, she had a job, but it was really, our finances were based around our success in real estate, and I couldn't, I can't shut it off. I can't regulate myself mm -hmm. of shutting it off. Uh, and as a guy, sometimes we just, we, we obsess over things, and uh, she's the one that'll kind of cut that off for me. Mm -hmm. 
and her famous line, can I just have a husband right now? <laughs> you know, can we just, you know, and, sure. and that checks me in a very good way and uh, for our kids as well because uh, left to my own devices, I would, I would, I would be a hundred and I would burn myself out, sure. yeah. stress myself out and, yeah. and those kind of things. So boy, the balance, especially, and she was always like that when she wasn't in real estate, but now that she is, uh, it's helped my, my health well. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I guess talk a little bit about the, I guess the, the principles or the, you know, the, the, the three or four or five mm -hmm. things that as a family, of course, now working together in real estate of saying, Hey, look, we're never going to compromise these things mm -hmm. in our business and in our personal mm -hmm. life. And these are the things we're going to pass on to our kids. Mm -hmm. And I think it's probably even more so important because your kids not only are seeing you as parents, now they're seeing you as you know entrepreneurs yeah. together. Mm -hmm. So you're kind of doing a, a dual, um, kind of a dual example for your kids now. So maybe talk a little you know, bit about that. That's a good point. I mean, one of the non-negotiables that we have is we don't work on Sundays. You know, in this real estate, Saturdays and Sundays are, are one of the busiest days, and that's setting expectations. And uh, we tell, and really only affects buyers, and uh, we tell our buyers from the get-go, hey, listen, I'm a married man. We have two children. There are nights where I have to work because people need to see houses after work, and there's Saturdays, but I'm going to commit Sundays to my family and my kids. And I've not once had a buyer say, well, Donald, you can't show me a house on a Sunday. Sure. Mm -hmm. And if it was that kind of client, I wouldn't want to work with that client. Anyway. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. If anything, they respect that. I think it builds a human nature behind it. They want their Sundays to relax, too. So that's been a non-negotiable for us. Um, but that was a good point you said about having our kids see that. And I don't think we think about that mm -hmm. enough. You know, I, it was a famous quote of, kids may not listen to what you're saying, but they're going to be watching what you're doing. Mm -hmm. And I hope we're setting that good example because yeah. we both work from the home and um, you know, we want our kids to be entrepreneurial and those kind of things as well. And we're big believers that God puts certain skills, abilities, traits, and personalities into each one of us and how we're supposed to use those. So I hope that most things our kids see is that we're using what God gave us uh, in, a, in a powerful way, I hope. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that's something that Elizabeth and I, <clears throat> it's only maybe been in the last year or so. And Elizabeth, you could talk more about this because you were, kind of, you were, the, were the one that um, instigated it was, we try to block off as much as we can on Sundays. Mm -hmm. um, you know, one, you know, if, if you're if you're a person of faith, I mean, that that's just a great day to say, look, this is the time that I'm going to set aside that I'm going to be, you know, completely focused. It also is if you're just a, a nine to five guy, you know, sometimes things happen on Saturdays. Usually, a lot of times, Sundays just it, it's, it's just a normal day yeah. where people, or that's the natural day, I should say, where people are like, okay, yeah, I can expect you to, right. to not want to do this. And you make a really good point about. You know, look, if someone, if I lost a deal or lost a client because I was, I wasn't going to work on a Sunday, first and foremost, you're, you're, you're both people of faith. So you're like, look, that's going to work out either yep. way. Mm -hmm. But then two, you know, you kind of emphasize that a little bit more of saying, that's probably not a client that I want anyway. Right. And so that could be the biggest, you know, buyer or seller ever. Yep. I don't want their money that's right. because I want to lead and I want to have a good, you know, set a good example for my family right. and that non-negotiable, like, look, that's non-negotiable. You yep. throw all the money you want, still not negotiable. Yeah. 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 And well, so, I think with, we, when we lead with those types of like priorities and intentions, we attract the business and the people that we want to be around anyways, that we're meant mm -hmm. to be around. Yep. And that's just, it's all going to serve our greater purpose. And I think when you have intentions like that, like this is what we're doing, this is our morning breakfast, husband and wife time, not business partner time, like husband and wife time, or Sundays is family days. You're also building that trust, not only with your wife and your kids, but with yourself and trusting yourself in the decisions that you make and the things that you hold on to. And when you do those types of things and you continue to 
to build trust in yourself and your family, you can do bigger and greater things because you're all kind of in this unit moving together in mm -hmm. the same direction. Mm -hmm. And that's really incredible. Yeah. So now at time of recording, how, how old are your children? 12 and 11. Okay, so they're, so they're definitely old enough. I mean, they have their own personalities. Oh, yeah. mm -hmm. I mean, they definitely will see the difference in your personality and your personality. And, okay, well, dad is really good at this. Mom is really good at this. Dad, maybe you need to work on that. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so, actually, I'm, I'm curious. Are they entrepreneurial? Are they interested? Do, that, I mean, do they understand what goes on in real estate? They're like, yeah, I, I want to I get into that. Or they're just, they're, they're off into their own, into, into their own world. It's kind of both. Yeah. Um, they are kind of off into their own little world and like gaming and YouTube sure. and what normal 10 and 11 year old gar or 11 and 12 year old gar into the nowadays. But they're also very understanding of what we are doing. Um, so sometimes we have to sit on our computers for a while because we're running comps or whatever, and they'll come and they'll want to chat with us and we'll, we'll chat with them back. But we're We'll tell them, you know what? Right now, we're really busy. We need to. We really need to focus on this. Can you just give me an hour? Mm -hmm. And we really try to maximize the time, our work time, for that hour, so that we can spend time with them. Because sure. we don't want to ignore them or want to be in front of a computer the entire right. time. And we are telling them, okay, it's time to shut off yeah. the tablet or the TV, and you can't have electronics, and yet we're sitting in front of a yeah. computer screen, sure. mm -hmm. ignoring everything. It, it's a fine line. You know, you want to be able to teach them, hey, guys, just like you go to school, this is our school. This is our work, and we just happen to work from home because we work from the house yep. a lot of times. And, uh, you know, they may get home at 2.30 from school, and they're done with the day, but we're not quite done with our day, <laughs> you know, and having them understand that, setting those expectations, and really educating them on why we do these things. Um you know, I think Julius has an entrepreneur spirit. He's a people person. And, uh, you know, my background is waiting tables and, and people-oriented things. And I think he absolutely has that. And I want to kind of model that for him because I know he has those skills. Yeah. Where Charlotte's more of the studious academic type who has, they both have a heart of gold. And we want them to find their own path. And we just want to try to model that as best we can and, and encourage them to find their path by yeah. identifying who God made them to be. Yeah. Awesome. Good for you too. Yeah. Well, and it sounds like, I mean, just exactly what you said, you guys are living the example that you're wanting to set. It's not just a, you know, do as I say, not as I do, and, you know, get off that game while you're, you know, sitting there at the computer like, hey, Dad, you know, it's dinner time, let's go, yeah. you know. Yeah. And so, we're not perfect by yeah. any oh, means. Sure, there gosh. are days where we tell them, we're do as I say and not yeah. as I do, but for the most part, we try and model that example right. for them. Right, yeah. yeah. So, so talk a little bit about how you two met. Mm -hmm. So, Donald, you're, you're, you're a Houston guy. Mm -hmm. you're, you're originally from Northwest Houston. Yeah. I think you went uh, you know, right down the road near Klein High School. Yeah, Klein High yeah, School. Yeah, not too far here from the Woodlands. Uh, Zanath, you are from Laredo, yes. right? Laredo, Texas. So talk a little bit about, and of course, and this will lead a little bit into your experience yeah. prior to real estate, sure. which you know, we're interested in, and I think it gives great context. So talk a little bit about how you met, sure. um, why you were in Laredo, yeah. what, what were you doing there? So, out of school, I went to Texas A&M and yep. got a degree in marketing and a master's in sports management. I wanted to be in the sports industry. I loved sports, played sports, and about high school level, I realized I'm probably not good enough to play professional <laughs> athletics, so I wanted to be around it. And uh, I ran a professional ice hockey team on the border of Mexico in Laredo, Texas. It was uh, a double-A hockey team. We quit one of a double-A baseball sure, team, sure. but for hockey. And... Uh, at the time, I was in charge of the corporate sponsorship sales. You go to an Astros game, you see the HEB signs and all that. 
Zanith was a director of marketing for a children's rehab clinic, speech therapy, occupational therapy, and I met her at a Chamber of Commerce mixer. Approached her, uh, A, because she was really pretty, but then I realized that she was uh, director of marketing for an industry that spent a lot of money. My angle was to try to get her to lunch to talk business. We never talk business. <laughs> I think my, my, my joke, my line, I'm not one for pickup lines, was when we sat down for her, I finally got her to lunch, I said, Zenith, I'm not here to talk about the Laredo Bucks hockey team, I'm here to talk about you. Aww. And uh, never did talk business, and I tricked her into that lunch and, uh, <laughs> and, uh, and, and got her from there. But no, it's, uh, that's how we did, Chamber of Commerce Mixer, and it awesome. went from there. What time period was that? Probably 2010, yeah. 2009. Okay. Yeah. 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 So how did you go from A&M to running this hockey yeah. team in Laredo? Like, what was that transition? So uh, the only reason I did is the Aggie Network. Anybody out there listening is an Aggie, they understand exactly what that means. I had a gentleman who uh, came to speak at a seminar class I was taking about two weeks away from graduating. And uh, he owned this hockey team on the border of Mexico. I wanted to get into sports. And when you're... At that level, you can go and work for the Houston Astros or Rockets, but you're going to be at the lowest rung. Mm -hmm. Whereas if you can go into minor league sports and kind of do a jack-of-all-trades, you can go and then work for some other team. So that's what I did. Yeah. And uh, I didn't even know where Laredo was on a map. <laughs> and uh, I knew it was on the border of Mexico somewhere. And, uh, you know, at the core of it, Glenn Hart was his name. He's still a mentor to me today. He lives here in the Houston area. And I always studied him of who he was, the kind of man he was. And I'll tell you why I went to go work for him. Here he was owning a hockey team. He had a little bit of ownership interest in the Houston Arrows at the time. Natural gas, drilling, real estate dealings, busy, busy man. He was at a and and I stayed around in class and talked to him. We talked for about an hour before we even realized. And I finally stopped and said, you know, Mr. Hart, am I holding you up from anything? Do you need to be anywhere? And I'll never forget. He looked at his watch and he said, Donald, I, I just got to be home for my son's baseball game at 6 o'clock. And here I was thinking, you know, this guy, all of the, you know, everything in the world that he can do, but his number one priority is to be home for his son's baseball game. And I said, that's the kind of guy I want to be right there. And if I can link up with him and learn from him, and I followed up with him, and he said, you know, I enjoyed meeting with you. Why don't you come down on the radio and check it out? And the rest was history. I was there for about five seasons. I was blessed to be promoted to, to the president of the business operations to where he basically gave me the keys and said, Donald, I'm here in Houston. You run it. And, uh, Boy, you know, a lot of failure, a lot of different trials and tribulations, or as he called it, life experiences. Sure. Mm -hmm. The number one thing I learned, you go down there, and of course, it's a 98% Hispanic culture. And they look at my white skin and say, you're not one of us. We don't know you. We don't trust you. And here I was trying to sell something that I never sold anything in my life, selling something that they didn't know anything about. And I failed miserably. And I came to the realization as I wanted to quit that it has to be about trust and relationships, especially in a culture like that. And I learned from there that if I don't build genuine, authentic relationships built on trust, I will get nowhere with this. And I stopped trying to sell. And uh, I actually tried to quit, you know, and I just said, I'm just going to go and meet some friends and, and meet some people. And, uh, and that's when things started taking off for me. And I realized, you know, we got something here. But it was based off that genuine relationship and trust first. Mm -hmm. And that's how our business and life has been built ever since. Let's talk a little bit more about that experience because that's not an easy sell. No. You know, selling, you know, minor league ice hockey yep. the, at the you know, border of Mexico. Mm -hmm. um, what was that? Go back to yep. that a little bit, like kind of the day-to-day. The -day. Mm -hmm. um, what were the things that were exciting about it? Mm -hmm. And what were the things outside of, you know, having to build the trust in, you know, trusting relationships that were like, oh, my gosh, if we could just change this one thing, that would make my life and my job a lot easier. The hardest part was the cold calling. 
because everything was cold. There was no warm leaves, no anything. And um, I don't care who you are, call reluctance, whatever you want to call it. And I always thought, gosh, if I can just get in front of people, I'll be good. But you got to somehow get in there. And uh, it's kind of like the old phrase, you got to get in a fight one time in your life to see what you're made of. You got to get out of your comfort zone to see sure. what you're made of. Sure. And you talk about going down to the border of Mexico selling ice hockey to a culture that is arm length distance at first. Um, that was very, very tough. Um, but it was a character builder. Um, and, uh, you know, just over time, you learn to kind of get over those things and just get some momentum going and get some confidence going. And again, my faith in God is what really brought me through that of, uh, hey, I, I'm here for a reason. He brought me here for a reason. It wasn't a mistake. Uh, there's something to be learned here. And I'm going to keep learning that until he has the next thing for me. Yeah. So, so what was the positions you started out in? Because, of course, you, you were elevated. You, you worked your way up. You were a VP, mm -hmm. and then you were president of the entire right. organization, which I mean, which is a big deal. Minor oh, league yeah. or not, it's oh, still yeah. a big deal. Um, and there's hundreds of people that are involved in that organization, you know, from the game day side, sure. you know, because you try to get a great game day experience. Mm -hmm. But then even in the off season, you, know, you probably have personnel changes. Yep. Not only people, not the, the players on the ice, but you know the guys who are they're taking the tickets yep. and the you know whatever. And so, talk a little bit about that where you started, um, and then maybe even a little bit more about the last positions you're in president. Kind of a little, little bit more what. Sure. That you know, when we started, it was trying to identify companies that would want to spend money on the hockey team, mm -hmm. whether it was sponsorships or tickets. And here's the thing: when you when you sponsor a minor league hockey team, you're not doing it for ROI. And um, you know, when, and when the economy started to go down, it was a luxury for a lot of these these budgets for these businesses. Mm -hmm. And um, trying to get past that and make them realize, hey, this is an atmosphere where you can bring your son, your daughter, your coworker, a client to a game, it's a captive audience, and experience something like ice hockey indoors that you can't experience anywhere else. So we had to kind of shift what it was we were selling. We had to ask ourselves, what is it we're selling? We're not selling hockey. We're not selling a game. We're not selling fighting and, and crashing against the boards. We're selling an experience that people can have. And I think that's where you really have to start getting creative of we're not selling a widget. We're selling an experience. Mm -hmm. um, and then from there, it just kind of went from getting a leadership position. And, you know, it was one where, hey, here's your business card. Here's a cell phone. Go do it. There was no training. It was learn on the fly and uh, get some experience wherever you can and try to teach others what you do. And I just kept going back to it's all about the relationships. Yeah, and yeah. so when we trained our ticket sales reps or our other sponsorship sales rep, it's you got to establish yourself in this community and make people trust you. How are we going to do that? Mm -hmm. Networking, whatever it may be. Um, and I remember coming out of that and I'm thinking, okay, if I can sell hockey on the border of Mexico, I can sell football for the Houston Texans. That <laughs> sure. was my thought. Sure. Got the interview with the Houston Texans, selling corporate, uh, corporate sponsorship sales position, thinking this is exactly what I'm geared for didn't get the job. At first I was upset, I was crushed, but I felt a sense of relief. Mm. And thinking, you know, I don't want to be in sports anymore. You know, I, I knew, I, I didn't know that, but I knew that, you know, and then it was, what do I want to do mm. in my life? I left the Laredo Bucks hockey team in 2012. Xanath and I actually took a break. And here I was, young, single, and not knowing what I want to do with my career, not wanting to know what I want to do with her. I took a year-long sabbatical break in my life, traveled Europe for about 60 days, just backpacked around and got lost. And was even open to staying and living in Europe, if that's what it took. And uh, just wherever God wanted to take me. And, um, and we can talk about that later on, how you know that got into real estate. But a lot of life lessons that happened from that. Yeah, I'm interested in that. So, so you took a sabbatical. Mm -hmm. um, cause, and, and that's what I did want to get to. Yeah. And this is something, and I'm sure that people that have listened to the podcast now, 
thought they've heard me say this almost every podcast and it's really fascinating that the people that we that we that we talk with that, that we have on our podcast all at some point have made a a professional or personal or career transition for one reason or another because they wanted to or because and, and i'm one of the people I pretty much was forced to. Hmm. The the job or the career that I was in was just basically like kicked me out. Yeah. Like look, look, look you, you're not meant to do this. You got to find something else. Yeah. So you know, you kind of you know sit and say, okay, what am I going to do? Mm-hmm. What am I really meant to do? So yeah, talk about um, you know that time where you're able to to go to Europe. So first off, why why Europe? Yeah. Uh, you, know, you got the whole world to choose sure. from. Now I'm a fan of Europe. We got yeah. the little map up there with some pin dots. Yeah. You know, a lot of pin dots in, in Europe uh, for myself. So I, I understand that. But talk about maybe why yeah. Europe. Where did you go? What were some of the like awesome experiences yeah. that you have? Because I think traveling is can can really be a, a, a lesson. Oh for, yeah, you know, for people. My first thought, because I was young, single, no mortgage, no debt, didn't even have a dog. If there was ever a time to do something like that, it was going to do it. And I was just talking to one of the guys on our staff at the Laredo hockey team, and said, you know, I think I'm just going to do a road trip around the U.S. Might even just sleep out of my car or whatever. Just want to cruise around. He goes, No, you know what you really need to do. He goes, You need to go to Europe. He goes, You'll <laughs> never have a chance to do it. I guess he had gone and hyped it up and. It didn't, I didn't even know what a hostel was. Mm. I'd never been on a, a train, a subway, or even a city bus in my life. And of course, over there, it's all public transportation. And uh, I looked more into it and uh, said, yeah, this is the only time I could ever do something like this. So I did it and flew into the England area. I had my brother living there studying for his PhD and just went and did a whole tour from England and Amsterdam area all the way down to Spain and everywhere in between. Probably hit about seven or eight different countries and uh, just staying in hostels with no agenda. I'm a very structured guy, mm-hmm. but I had the year real pass where you could just wake up today and say, where do I want to go today? Um, one of those experiences was I was in Nice, France, and these people kept coming from a place called Cinque Terre, Italy. And they kept talking about it and talking about it. And we, were, we had, there was some beach party thing. We were up doing whatever. And I finally just looked at my phone and I said, I'm going to see some photos of this. <laughs> one photo sold it for me. And I went on my app and the first uh, train leaving that morning was four in the morning. I was on that train going to Cinque Terre and, um, you know, staying in hostels, meeting people from all over the world. The, the best phrase is, what are you getting into today? And, uh, and just getting to meet people from all over the world. They want to know about Texas and, mm-hmm. and all those things. And I want to know about their country. And, you know, you always hear negative things about certain people don't like Americans. I, I didn't really experience that. I didn't. And, uh, you know, being a people person, I wanted to know about their story, mm-hmm. and, and people want to talk about themselves yeah, and yeah. form some relationships with people I still keep in touch with. You know, this is back in '13 when wow. I did this. So, um, but one thing it did is I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do with Zanith as well, and the whole trip, I wish she was with me. Yeah. So that was a big epiphany for me of, you know, I don't want to be with anybody else in this trip. I was alone, but I wanted her there that whole time. Mm-hmm. So that was a big because that was the two things I was trying to find out. What I want to do with my career and what I want to do with my personal life with Zanith. So that was a big, big moment for me to understand that. Yeah. So you spent about <clears throat> probably better part of two months. Yeah. Just kind of you know traveling around, just jumping yeah. on the Euro Rail. Yeah. Or, you know, wherever you land. Sure. Fantastic. So so so, place in Italy again. I'm going to butcher it. Say say. Uh, Cinque Terre or Cinque Terre. Okay. People pronounce it different ways. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I remember watching a Rick Steves. Yep. Um, video on that. By the way, full disclosure, I've seen every Rick Steves yeah, travel awesome. video. I'm, I'm a big travel I had the book. travel nerd. Yeah, yeah, uh, that's fantastic. So, talk a little bit about that. So, Zan's not originally from from Houston. Uh, how do you, as a family, what is the, I guess the the world exploration, you know, um, 
expectation, I guess, for your family. Like, hey, kids, go go see and do this. Hey, there's a lot of people out there that you've never even met before. Uh, is that something that you guys, uh, you know, especially you know, coming from your um, you know travels in Europe? I mean, it was kind of a, a, maybe not necessarily a life changing thing, but you turned a corner at yeah. least. You're like, hey, I what do I want to do with Zamp? What do I want to mm-hmm. do with my professional life? And, and maybe it helps you turn mm-hmm. that corner. And so travel and, ex- and experiencing other cultures and meeting other people can have the same effect, you know, even if you're not at a tough spot. Right. And it can just be an awesome experience for your kids. So is that something that you guys instill, you know, in your kids and, and talk about and say, hey, we're going to go on a road trip. We're going to go here. What do you guys know about this place? Yeah. She's the travel expert here. We haven't really talked to our kids too much about going to Europe, but we do road trips where she's the ultimate navigator of finding these odd spots to go to and everything. I think that's an experience for the kids. Yeah, so we, I mean, we're, we, we like to take trips. Um, I did road trips all the time as a kid. Um, and we would just, we would drive until it got dark and we would stop wherever it, wherever we landed. Or mm-hmm. we would be driving um, growing up and my dad would say, oh, look, that looks like a cute little town. And he would U-turn and we would go into that cute <laughs> little town and explore it. And it ended up being wonderful and great. So that's one of the things that I've, before we got married, he wasn't very much of a road tripper. Mm-hmm. Um, 20, 24 hour long road trips were a big hassle for him. Mm-hmm. But now we've done a few of them and it's, it's been great. Cause yeah. I do try and find things that would make it interesting for the kids right. and interesting for him sure. as well. So trying to get the child and adult aspect into a whole trip is sometimes a little difficult. Um, Cause as adults, we've, we're like, oh, that looks like a cool bar. Oh, sorry, kids. <laughs> 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 or, um, or like a children's museum. Or I, I like museums a lot, so we tend to go visit a lot of museums and just get them culturized and um, learn about other cultures and our own culture and history. And um, we, we, we want to do that. Eventually, we. We're hoping that we will take a trip as a family to Europe mm-hmm. so they can experience she that as well. She gets to go this time? Well, that's been the joke. So when I came back from Europe, <laughs> I couldn't talk about Europe in front of her. Because remember, we had taken a break and she had to unfollow me from Facebook for the first about year. If we were around people and I was talking about my Europe trip, she would leave the room. Yeah. And I didn't really notice it at first, but she did not like to hear because it was a tough time. Sure. We were truly on a break and there was... There was nothing stopping me from even staying in Europe and never coming back and seeing her ever again. So she remembered those feelings. So our our big joke is, okay, when she got past that, is you just had to take me to Europe by our fifth year anniversary. Yeah. 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 <laughs> we like just had world. our fifth year anniversary. We didn't quite go yet, but we will. And, uh, <laughs> but the big thing going back to that is, yeah, letting the kids know, and for us, we live in a bubble sometimes. You know, you hear about people that live in the woodlands. They have to almost remind their kids, hey, guys, this isn't real life. You know, this isn't how the rest of the world really operates. So getting to go do those things, I think, is the biggest thing to make kids realize that there's more to this earth. There's different cultures. There's different people. There's different ways of life. And exposing them to those and explaining what those are uh, is good for anybody. I don't care what age you are. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, meeting different people is, uh, you you do. You very quickly learn, I think, if you're at least somewhat open-minded, that it's a huge, it's a big, big world, but then it can feel very, very small once you start to get to know people. You're like, oh, look, you know, halfway across you know, halfway around the world but we can still find something to you know to, to relate to each other on mm-hmm. and so you, you feel very you can feel very comfortable in a you know, very foreign place absolutely you know, very quickly if you're open-minded about that yeah that's funny we have a similar europe story not in the same uh um not 100% similar but uh i was so i went to europe for a couple of weeks in 2012 
Uh, my brother was living in West Germany at the time, and uh, so you know, kind of a once in a lifetime opportunity. I was you know mid mid to late twenties at that time, but I had just proposed to Elizabeth. And, that was stuck. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I had just proposed to Elizabeth. This is when we were still teaching. Uh, so we of course we had you know two two uh, months off in the summer, and uh, my brother you know calls me up and said. Hey, uh, in two weeks I've got some time off. Uh, da da da. Let's, you know, I'll, I'll buy you a plane ticket. You just gotta take care of the rest while you're here. You, know, you just gotta, you, know, you gotta feed yourself, whatever. Yeah. Uh, and I was like, awesome. And I didn't even consult with Elizabeth. I got nothing. And she was like, wait, what? So just for like the whole month of July, you're just gonna be gone? And you know, just about a month prior, I had proposed to her. She's mm. like, "What are you talking about? Like, mm-hmm. you just proposed to me." And we'd also just gotten our dog Cooper. <laughs> um, so he, so and Cooper and Elizabeth hadn't really like warmed up yet. I, I'm a, I'm a dog person. Have been my entire life. Yeah. And she was kind of trying to figure this out. So she was like, "Wait, what a minute! You're, you're, you're about to go to Europe here for a couple of weeks, and no, I got to take care of your dog that like I don't really know what I'm doing. Yeah. And uh, now it's I have the summer off, and you're not even gonna be here. So yeah, she was. A, a little, little. Apparently, upset. Europe's where the guys go to just, you know, <laughs> yeah. get away. From we need to find second. a trip that we, we do need to find a trip. We're gonna just let you guys know yeah. on Sunday we're leaving. Let me <laughs> But full disclosure, I'm not, and I'm not, I am not trying to rub this in your face now, because yeah. yeah, you haven't taken Xana. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But we, we are going to Europe for uh, for um, Thanksgiving. No, that's great. That's great. Yeah. <laughs> we'll take Xana too. We'll just leave you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. With the kids. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we might need to edit that part out. Yeah. 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 Andy puts his foot in his mouth. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> Soon. So, yeah. So, so you turn. So, Europe helped you, you know, turn the corner. And so, talk about what you made the transition from, you know, corporate sales and mm-hmm. sports. Um, you know, you kind of knew that you know, you you were done there. You you had you know led the path that you were supposed to go down, and you were you know now it's time to you know turn a corner. So you get into real estate. And so talk about that. And so you were. Now I don't know how long this took, but I mean you were very successful successful in real estate very quickly. Um, you, know, you were like what the first to or the, the fastest uh, rookie agent at two million dollars in sales or something like that. Something like that. Yeah, I said that. I'm not sure what that meant exactly, but you know, when I came back from here, I still didn't know what I wanted to do. Okay. I liked sales, but I didn't want to sell a widget. And I know it sounds cliche, but I didn't want to. Sell, I wanted to sell something that someone believed in. And what that was, I didn't know. Sure. And uh, I wanted to own my own business. I didn't know anything about real estate. I thought when you saw a Keller Williams sign in a front yard, it was, does Keller Williams own that house? And they're just pretty, I was truly ignorant on what real estate, I just didn't know. And um, like I said, I wanted to own my own business, I wanted to sell something that meant something to them and have those relationships for them too. And I had a cousin who was in real estate at the time and just, I had coffee with her one day and she was telling me about it and it checkboxed every single checkbox there mm-hmm. was on there, plus some. And I uh, just started looking more into it and realized you know, buying and selling a home is the biggest, most personal investment anyone will ever make in their life. And we never take that for granted and never take it lightly. And uh, to be able to be involved in something that personal, mm-hmm. that emotional, that big, where someone puts that trust in you to, to do that, um, I felt that was very important, you know, and, and there was fulfillment in that. Just the other day, we closed a lady who, um, you know, she's had some health issues. She works too hard and she, you know, has been divorced for a while and she wants to get home closer to her son and grandkid. We've had a lot of homes. I finally found the perfect home for her that she's always wanted with the pool close to her one-year-old grandson. And that is very fulfilling. Mm-hmm. And we've had to help the first-time home buyer who never thought they could afford a home or on the other end where someone's passed away, unfortunately, and they've had to, 
you know, sell everything that their mom had her owned. And uh, it's a very, very fulfilling, what, what I call vocation. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I knew when I got out of the sports industry and came back, I did not want a job. I didn't even want a career. I wanted a vocation of, you know, who did God make me to be and how does he want me to use those skills in what field? And um, I think that's kind of our, our thought process as we go through this is never looking at it as a transaction, never looking at it as a unit. These are real people with, with, um, with again, the biggest asset they'll ever own in their life and how do we properly handle that and the trust they do because ultimately the referrals that come out of that and the relationships is, is what it's all about. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we've never taken that lightly. So at this point, about five years in, mm -hmm. uh, so you're, you're a seasoned veteran, but I think you know, some other people would say, well, you're still just getting started. Mm -hmm. So talk a little bit about that, what you've learned along the way, or some of the, some of the things that were surprises when you, when you got into it, like, oh my gosh, I was not expecting this, good or bad. Um, but then also you know, talk a little bit about how you've grown yeah. and, um, you know, where, and where you want to go, because that's, that's another thing that we're always interested mm -hmm. in, because I think as entrepreneurs, when you when you are in charge of something, if you really want to be successful, you really want to grow it, you want to add people to your team and add people into, you know, believe in what you're doing, you have vision. You right. got to say, hey, look, this is where we're going. Put in the stake in the ground. This is where we're going. Sure. Let's talk a little bit about that. You know, I got lucky when I came in, it was 2013. Remember what was happening in 2013? <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. A little company uh, called Exxon yeah. down the road. Yeah, yeah. I mean, people were knocking on doors trying to find out. So, you know, I didn't know that was when I was getting into it, but that's luckily what happened. So we did get off to a good start, um, got some momentum going, which can also be a curse, a successful curse of, <laughs> this is just comes naturally. You'll just end it, that's not the case. The market shifts, market slows down, and you have to sharpen your pencil a little bit more. But I, I just keep taking back to what I learned in Laredo. Um, I grew up here, I did have a client or a database of people that I knew and I literally just called everyone I knew and educated them that I was no longer the sports guy, I was the real estate guy here in Houston and reconnecting on those connections and those relationships and uh, just having someone take a chance on me mm -hmm. and, um, and just growing it from there. But it's all about the relationships day in and day out and, um, and just genuinely wanting to help people on that. So over the years it's evolved to where now that she's in it, we're trying to just sharpen our skills because now we are shifting into a buyer's market you know homes aren't flying nearly like they used to on that so how do you really market a property present a property and set those expectations and in the finer points of um, being a realtor that can actually you know move some houses instead mm -hmm. of letting the market move it for you um, so for the people that are listening and they may not know much about real estate um, so it's the Donald Thompson team. So mm -hmm. talk about what that means between just being an individual agent, uh, but then also having a team. So talk sure. a little bit about the difference. And, and it's actually not even the Donald Thompson team. So the DT team stands for Dedicated Trustworthy. Right. So people say, call me DT, and of course that's the acronym for my, my initials, I mean, but it stands for Dedicated Trustworthy, and that's what our team's really built on. Um, I, I forgot what the question was, I'm sorry. <laughs> 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 no, that's all right. <laughs> Oh, uh, the different dynamics of just being an individual agent. So if you are yeah. on someone else's team yeah. and versus having the DT team, different responsibilities for you mm -hmm. as, as the team leader. Sure. I guess as a team leader now, it's, you know, you have to be what they call the rainmaker of, of making sure stuff's still coming in and keeping an eye on, you get a leverage. You know, when I was the individual agent without Zanet, you were doing everything from writing the offers, doing the admin things, thinking of marketing, the client follow-ups and everything, and, and you can only grow so much when you're trying to do all that. And when you start to do too much, 
you don't do it to the same efficiencies or effectiveness that you once could. So I'm a control person. And I, you know, when you start a business and, do, and you're used to doing everything by yourself, it's hard to give that up. And I've just had to learn to trust it. And, and that's where Zenith come in, where a lot of the marketing, even admin things, we have a transaction coordinator now, handling those kind of things off to be able to free me up to dive more into our relationships and, and the important tasks. It's just identifying what you have a license. What does a licensed realtor, what can they do versus someone who maybe is not licensed do? There are certain activities that a non-licensed person just can't do legally. So I need to focus on those activities and leverage out the rest and trust uh, people that you hand those out to or else you'll never grow. Sure. And I think that's just an internal growth in myself of being able to trust somebody to hand some things off to, and it's not easy. Mm -hmm. But when you have someone like Zanith and Christy Winfrey, who's our transaction coordinator and our staging lady and different things, you realize, you know what? These people are actually better at it than you are. <laughs> you know, why didn't I give this up earlier? Sure, sure. It, it, it improves the, the service for that client by letting someone who specializes in something handle that aspect of it to free myself up to handle the things that I'm better at. Mm -hmm. um, that, was a, that was a big turning point for us. Yeah. Have you ever read the book, The E-Myth? A while back I did, okay. I believe so. Yeah, and that's that's a lot of what the book talks about, you know, about creating economies of scale. Mm -hmm. If you want to grow something, uh, you can't be a jack-of-all-trades. Obviously, when you start out and you're a one-man band, right. you know, you're know you the you're the only person that's making the pies, you got to open the shop, you got to sweep the floor, you got to close it up. Yeah, you are. But if you want to grow that, <clears throat> you have to delegate it out. And you, you got to say, look, I'm a rock star at this. I'm a rock star at the relationship side, mm -hmm. at making people, you know, believe and, and uh, you know, feeling that they're taken care of in the buying and selling of, mm -hmm. of a property. I don't need to be toiling away in front of a computer at 10 o'clock at night trying to, you know, uh, do all the uh, marketing and the, and the transaction coordinating mm -hmm. and whatever. I'm going to have someone that's a rock star at doing that. Yeah. And that's a lot about what the book talks about. And so now you're talking about that. That's how you're, you know, you figured that out. You, you are... You know, you, you delegated it out and you found people that are rock stars. Right. Man, these people are better at yeah. it than I was. So great. Yeah. You guys, you know, go go and do that and, and we'll and I'll I'll go over here and, and be the rock star of what I do. Yeah. 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 So good for you. Yeah, I think it just helps with the personal life too, because gosh, if you try to do it all you get so stressed and you take that out on your family sometimes, it's just not good for your own psyche and your health and your anxiety and <clears throat> and uh, and someone can do it better than you. Mm -hmm. And, and you have to kind of set your pride aside and realize that a little bit. And uh, it just opens up so many more doors. I think the most successful people have realized that they've, they've figured out what they're good at and mm -hmm. they're going to keep doing mm -hmm. it. They're not going to try and be good at everything. Mm -hmm. This is impossible. Mm -hmm. You can't be good and, and really successful at everything. It's just not going to happen. Right. So uh, speaking of books, that's one of the questions that we always are, are curious about. If you look at our bookshelves back here, I promise we did read these books. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> they're not just for show. Uh, I'm sure my brother, if he's listening, would disagree with you. Um, or disagree with me, I'm sure. <clears throat> but uh, talk about some of the books. And it may not even be books. It may just be people that you've sure. um, you know, uh, been uh, exposed to along the way. You mentioned uh, Glenn Hart. Yeah. You know? uh, it, could, it, may not, it may not be books. It may be podcasts. It may right. be uh, you know, people. Talk about the things that you guys have been exposed to that have really um, helped you learn things along the way that if you hadn't been exposed to it, you would, you would never even know. You know, so we, we do get to listen to a lot of podcasts. Of course, this is the number one podcast we listen oh, to I'm sure. your oh, guys yeah. all the time. <laughs> I can't get enough of it. But uh, we listen to some other ones from real estate related, Brian Buffini or, or Dave Ramsey, not just on the finance side, but the entree leadership side of the business side thing he does. 
Uh, one of the books we're reading now is The Referral of a Lifetime that really talks about the golden rule of doing business and how it is about the relationships. And, uh, and the referrals will come from that, but you got to put the people first. So those are the kind of things that I kind of find myself geared towards. Um, and then just finding people who have been successful in the business and picking their brain, trying to find out what they do. We like to talk to other husband and wife people like you guys who were in the business and finding out what is successful for you guys. Because the way we do it could be very different than how they do it. So we like real in-person kind of talks with people. We sit down over a nice glass of wine and a meal and, and, and learn from what they do and try to glean some things from that. Um, what about you? Um, books, explore. Yeah, I mean... The same ones you mentioned, the uh, Entree Leadership. Mm -hmm. One book that I think we both read very, very early on in our relationship was uh, The Total Money Makeover. And that just kind also by Dave Ramsey, mm -hmm. and that just kind of set our view of how we want to run our family and our business financially mm -hmm. um, so that we can have the freedom mm -hmm. to be able to do other things. Um, and the Bible, um, it's really, I mean... We do, we do believe in the, in the debt-free, you know, lifestyle. Yeah. Um, and, you know, that's one thing I think we're really trying to teach the kids. And because they, they don't learn that in school, you know, and, and you have to have a good credit score and learn how to manage it. No, you don't. And, uh, and you know, disciplining yourself enough to not go and buy that, that widget or that car and saving up for it and doing those kind of things and, and having that financial freedom. Because in our business, it, you know, we don't make a sale. We don't make any money. Sure. And, uh you know, I'm a conservative person, especially financially as it is. So, you know, having that emergency fund and having the no debt, um, it just really frees up a lot of stresses on that too. So we just try to mirror and match a lot of people that we find are success, successful and uh, try to learn what they do and pick their brain. And, and luckily you come from a nice mindset from it. They, they want to share with, yeah. with you. Yeah. So trying to find those people who will share it. Yeah. yeah. So I know we, may, we talked a little bit about this earlier. We won't go into morning routines or anything like that. <clears throat> <laughs> but uh, a, a book that I had a chance to read and it really did shed some light was called, and I'm, I'm going to forget the actual name of it, but it talks about your chronotype. Hmm. And it's generally speaking, people can be categorized into four different categories. You have the early riser, who's the lion. You know, they're they're up early. You know, seven a.m. You know, six a.m. Whatever, whatever the early is. You know, for that person, that's like their best time of day. Yeah. They're they're focused. They're motivated. They're energetic. And you have the bear, mm -hmm. who uh, you know is a little bit of a later riser. You know, like ten a.m. is the you know, the peak time. Ten a.m. to you know through lunch is like their peak time. And you have the wolf. You have the night owl. You know, the the guy that or, or girl or whatever that is up at three a.m. four a.m. But they're 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 productive. Uh, and then you have the dolphin uh, that <laughs> all is over uh, all over the place, yeah. literally all over the place. They'll be up at you know five a.m. one day and super productive, and then they won't wake up until you know one p.m. the next day. But then somehow they find themselves to be productive. So. If you could, based off of what you, first off, what you respond to. It's not what you necessarily want to be, yeah. but it's what you respond to. Well, you talk a little bit about wolf. The, your wolf. Wolf. Okay. One of my funnest things to do, especially when we have a listing, you know, our kids go to bed at what, 8.30ish? You know, Zenith is definitely the lion. She's early <laughs> riser at 4.30 in the morning working out, and every yep. time I turn around at 4 in the morning and see her gone, I'm like, yeah, way to go. <laughs> I respect that so much. I just can't do that morning one thing, so... But one of my funnest things, and I love what I do. When we have a listing, I like to, I'm a writer. I like to write. And I let the kids go to bed. I'll have a glass of wine, whatever it may be. And from 9 to about 2 in the morning, I will focus on a listing. And for whether it's the photo captions or the descriptions. And I'm really 
just dive into the listing. There's no phone calls coming in, there's no text, there's no emails, there's no distractions, no nothing. And I can just zero in and focus and put a presentation and tell a story about a listing. I have found that that's when I'm most productive. And I may not get to bed till about two in the morning, three in the morning that night. Um, I, won't, I certainly won't sleep in until 10 or 11 a.m. or anything. I try to get up going, but that is my yeah. best time for sure. Mm-hmm. And that was a good realization for me. Yeah. You know? yeah. But yeah, I think you know, whatever you are naturally, then then if, if you have the type of job that at least you know, allows you to do right. that, you know, if, if you have the job that you had to be at the office at 8 a.m. ready to you know, fire on all cylinders, yeah, you'd have to figure something yeah. else out. Yeah. But yeah, if, if doing doing the stuff at 10 o'clock, midnight is, you know, the, mm-hmm. what what is best for you, mm-hmm. then do it. Mm-hmm. And I guess that's the beauty of being self-employed is I don't have to be at the office at 8 a.m. We do work from the house. and. Right. Uh, She's the morning champion that'll help get the kids off to off to school if I'm having one of those late nights, and uh, that's where we complement each other really well, I think. But well, yeah. I think that's the neat thing about being an entrepreneur is if you really like lean into knowing these types of things about yourself and when you are like on point and when you're maybe not, you can you can really take care of yourself by respecting and honoring those things. So if your best time is 9 p.m. to 2 a.m., like go for it because that's what's helping sell these mm-hmm. houses. That's what's helping your business boom. And mm-hmm. if you can have that in your relationship and you know, like this is when Donald's really awesome and this is when Zana's really mm-hmm. awesome and these are our strengths and weaknesses and it's fine. Like, I think that's, that's really important. And if you lean into that, then you can actually take care of yourself and your health yeah. and a lot of those things that oftentimes go by the wayside. Sure. So I think that's really cool. But I try not to take advantage of it. I certainly do that every night. Usually we activate a listing on a Wednesday, so that'll be my Tuesday night. But boy, I tell you, if I try to string two or three of those nights together, sure. I'm going to be hearing it from her. <laughs> <laughs> Am I going to have my husband tonight? Or is he going to be out you know, working until two and on the computer? So I, I can't do that too often. But once a week, I like to have a night where I just tell, tell Zanith, hey, honey, going to bed, this is going to be one of my late nights tonight. And I just get a lot of stuff done. And, yeah. and, and I love that. I really do. And she is so great on giving me that freedom to to do those kind of things. Again, as long as I'm not spreading, you know, spreading them through three or four nights in sure. a row, she gives me that freedom uh, because she knows that is my best time mm-hmm. to do that. Um, so that's the big thing that complements each other is, you know, I always my phrase is, "You let me live my life." You know, <laughs> she lets me live my life. So, and I love that. So you talked a little bit about prior or early on in the conversations, and you'll say, "Hey, can I have my husband right now?" So talk a little bit about when things are just bananas and you maybe maybe in a good way because you're just super busy but you still got to you know maybe get some stuff done you got to focus or it's just like oh my gosh today I just I'm completely overwhelmed I'm unfocused what are some of the things or maybe a few few tactics or strategies or whatever that you guys kind of recalibrate you know individually but then also you know together you know as as a you know, married couple and a family and say okay look We've got to get back to basics here. These are the most important things that we need to, you know, get ourselves focused back on. Right. Usually, it's um, Donald's the one that gets really high stress. So I, when it's really high stress, I tell him, "When you get stressed, you stress me out, mm-hmm. and that's not good for the kids or anybody because it's just not going to work out." Yeah. Um, so it's always just keeping a reminder of there are things that are not under your control, and you can't control them. Yeah. So just come back to earth and focus um and we have those conversations a lot and i think a lot of it those conversations come from our monday breakfast or Mm -hmm. not monday but our breakfast Mm -hmm. every single morning 
where we just kind of recap what happened the day before. Like I said, sometimes they're business-related conversations. Other times it's just life and dreams and what are we going to do one day? What are what are our dreams? How do we see ourselves 10 years from now, 15 years from now? What? How do we see ourselves one year from now? So it's just setting goals and really thinking back to this is why we are doing this. So in the, in the stressful times, it's always like, I know it's stressful, but we just have to pull through because we have a goal and this is what we need to do. Mm-hmm. Whether our goal is we have to make sure that this listing sells because our seller is dependent on the sale of this house so that they can purchase another home. Um, or if it's just, we, we really just need to hit a certain number of transactions so that we could be at X place financially by the end of next year. Yeah. Um, and I think we complement each other very well um, where we communicate very openly um, yeah. in the sense that I, I tell him like, you're very, you're being very annoying to me recently, <laughs> or, and vice versa, you know, he's like, you know, you're just, I don't like the way you talk to me. So we keep each other, each other in check yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. a lot of the time. Yeah, um, yeah. And he keeps me grounded too, because sometimes he's like, whoa, you need to cool it um, a little bit. So I think it's, we, we have a good balance and we yeah. have very, very good and open communication. And I think that started way from even when we started dating, mm-hmm. it was just very open all the time. And I would say, you know, a lot of people, when they get a husband and wife working together, it's not meant to be for every husband and wife. Mm-hmm. And some people say, well, it's going to really cause a strain in your relationship. I think working together has, you know, has made our marriage better because she now being a licensed real estate agent herself knows what I go through on a day-to-day basis. And uh, I think she can put herself in my shoes a lot more and uh, be there to understand how that goes. So I think that's been a big thing. And, uh, you know, we, we know about all the love languages. We really studied that with our kids and everything. And she knows mine and she, you know, mine is just acts of service and, and words of affirmation. And hers is that physical time and that physical touch and being there with it. And I get to remember those kind of yep. things. And yep. she knows it very, very well. And she knows when to give me my love language. And, and I get to remember to give her her love language too. <laughs> and uh, it helps to have her there for sure. That book was a game changer for us. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think we read that book in 2012. I think we were... We were, and you might, Elizabeth, you might know the time frame um, a little bit better than me, but it was before we were married, and I think it was before we were, we were even engaged, we were dating, we were still trying to figure stuff out. Um, but it was a really, real eye-opener mm-hmm. for, for us, and we were reading, and I could profile her, like, oh, wow, okay, she's definitely, so Elizabeth is acts of service, and what's what's your second love language? Gifts. Gifts, that's right. That's right. <laughs> acts, yeah, acts of service, yeah, and, and for me, it's... Uh, words of affirmation yep. of quality time. Mm. And when we realized that about each other, we are like, oh. And so I was like, oh, that's why it always stresses Elizabeth out when the dishwasher hasn't been run. Because yeah. it's, you know, it's acts of service. Hey, can you just do this for me? Um, and then now, and I'm not trying to brag on myself or anything, but I try to, probably like once a month or every several weeks, uh, you know, I'll, I'll stop by the grocery store after I work out in the morning and I'll just bring home some flowers. Mm-hmm. And like, I like, you know, this is, yeah, I guess, kind of a girly thing to say, but I, I love flowers yeah. you know, in our house. I think they look yeah. awesome. They smell great. But I know that Elizabeth loves that, too. And so knowing that, it was kind of a game changer for our relationship to say, hey, look, be more mindful of this. Yeah. This is how you can, you know, help to fulfill uh, your, you know, your partner, the person that you love and you care about the most. So, yeah, knowing, you know, knowing that for each other and, and, and reading that book. And actually, 
I don't think we have that book on our shelf. It's in our but closet. Yeah, that's that's a huge book mm -hmm. for us. And I always forget that because it it's been years ago that we read it, but it still you know stays stays in my mind. For that's sure. great. I'm gonna have to get some flowers on the way home now. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta take her to Europe soon and get flowers on the way home. So, got it. Donald's yeah. never gonna. Come so we will not have a volume two podcast. <laughs> Well, we'll just put that out there. I was say, no, yeah. It'll only be Xanath on the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> no, but that is that is crucial. I mean, we read that book, and we really try to keep it in mind for the kid. We reviewed it with our kids of yeah, what their yeah. love languages are, and uh, we have it posted on our fridge. You know, she made a little diagram of Donald, Xanath, Julius, and Charlotte, and number one and number two. That's, that's awesome. And I think sometimes we just naturally forget about that, yep. and we're so focused inwardly on what is, what do I need, what do I need, and to stop and realize, okay, you know what, Xanis is quality time. You know what, I've worked two nights in a row where she's gone to bed early and I've been up till 2 a.m., sure. and I haven't given her even quality time in the morning because of, of me being so tired. So that has kept us in check, and that is a powerful book. It is. It really is. Yeah, yeah. All right, so we want to be respectful of your time. Elizabeth, do you have anything else? No, you guys are amazing. I'm so grateful that you guys came to spend some time with us. We've just loved getting to know you guys and working together. And I mean, Donald, I met you back a couple years ago yeah. when I first started. So you guys have just always been so great, and yeah. we're really grateful for you. So thank you. Well, if, if I may, I mean, back at you in the sense that we've actually done some deals together. I hope yeah. it's okay to talk about that on, sure, on here where, you know, whether it's distress, home situation, probate situations, and what you guys do when you come in, y'all's heart when you come into this. And, um, you know, a couple of deals we've done recently where not only did you give my seller a fair deal, but you took him by the hand and whether it was probate issues, tax issues, whatever it may be, you stood in there and it's working with people like that that we love to do. Uh, whether it's partners in the business, which I consider you guys, or vendors in the business, we try to align ourselves with people who are doing things the right way, who put other people first. And uh, not everyone does that. Mm -hmm. So when we find people like you guys who do that, we, uh, we cherish that very big time. So I want to make sure I made you know that. That means a lot. Yeah. Thank you very much. Well, we love doing deals with you. It's been yeah, yeah. great, and it's nice to work with somebody that aligns for sure. That mm -hmm. makes a big difference, and it makes those tough things that you have to navigate through yeah. smoother. It does. Yeah, for, sure. So, for sure. Yeah. So our listeners, where can they find out more information about, about the two of you, uh, about the DT team, if they want to buy a house, they want to sell a house, or if they just want to you know keep tabs on you guys? Like, oh, man, what are they up to? They sound like really interesting people. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, no one really remembers phone numbers, but uh, just our website. It's thedtteam.com. Uh, we even have a Facebook page too, but thedtteam.com. And we did a little fun video last year where people wanted to know, well, who is this guy besides a voice? And we have a fun video that kind of tells our story. Talked about a little bit of the Laredo story and the connections and the friendship. And we actually filmed it at our house one time. So if that would be a good way for people to know who we are. It's just go to our website. The video is right there on the front. Uh, and we've done some other videos where we do a two-minute tour of places like Tomball or Spring Klein where we go and just highlight certain businesses, and that's been fun to do as well. So, yeah, thedtteam.com. Awesome. Anything else before we let you guys go? No, we're, we're proud to be in this area working with you guys, and uh, we love what we do. I mean, we have a passion for it, and I hope people realize that, and uh, we're just, we never take it for granted and always appreciative of, of the referrals and the trust people put into us, and uh, that we're going to continue to and to honor that. Thank you for having us. Yeah. Oh, you're very welcome. Thank you all for being here. Donald, Zanath, thank you for being on the podcast. Hey, everyone. Before you go, we just wanted to say thank you for listening. And if you enjoyed this episode, then be sure to check us out every Wednesday for our latest episode. Visit us at eversoncooper.com slash podcast 
or find us on iTunes or any other podcast player. Thanks for listening.